Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Schmozone podcast, episode number 86. I'm Dave Schmolson, a.k.a. The Schmo. My co-host is... Helen E. with Helen E. Sports. And our guest today, long overdue, Pauly Malinaji, a little jet-lagged over here, flying in from Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, Florida. Uh, got in early this morning, but we're, we're making it happen. We're making it happen. Long overdue on the show. That's right, man. And now, Pauly Malinaji, two-time boxing champion right over here we really appreciate you some of our favorite interviews right helen yeah we were just talking about remember that one time in new york we were eating pizza helen beast bomani gardens <laughs> yeah best amazing pizza but so busy it's, it's world famous it LMB. is world LMB. yeah gardens. i yeah. know but ben center says a lot of famous pizza we have lenny's pizza from the movie uh saturday night fever it's still there as well okay. lenny's pizza and so new york has well-known pizza spots, the Farah's, and uh, all apologies to everybody else. Uh, Grimaldi, uh, we have Lucali, we have a bunch of stuff. We have crispy pizza. I, I'm, I'm losing. I'm, I don't want to offend <laughs> anyone. I forgot, but we got too many good pizza spots, pizza spots in New York. I could tell you're hungry, but <laughs> hey, if you want pizza here in Vegas, though, there's a Helen Yee Pizza. Is there? Yeah, Where? at Naked City Pizza. Shout out to Naked City Pizza. Naked. There's a Helen Yee slice, and what's on it? Yeah, it's. Don't hate me, okay? Well, don't tell me it's pineapple. Don't oh, do it. Don't do it. Oh, hell don't no. Do it. no right. I can never Not get a pineapple on a pizza. <laughs> All right. It's French fries. Okay. Yeah. So Sa- it's a heart attack. It's a heart <laughs> it is. Pizza. Exactly. French fries. French fries, sausage, pepperoni. It is a heart attack. Yeah. It does yeah. sound it's, good, though. Yo, I, I've seen. Uh, in Sicily, they're starting to get creative with these slices too. I've seen French fries on 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 pizza in Sicily too. It's good. She's it, a it's like See two, that? two meals in yeah. one. It really, yeah. You don't even have to have the fries on the side; just get it right direct. <laughs> exactly. But full meal. Yes, full meal and full boxing weekend. And the heart yeah. attack for dessert. Who's go? Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Can't argue with that. <laughs> no. For sure. So you're in town. We ran into you at the official weigh-ins mm-hmm. for Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz. I look over my shoulder. Helen pointed you out. I was like, Polly. And David's like, where, where? And I'm like, Fresh he's from the right airport. there. <laughs> oh, that's when you... No, we went to breakfast first, and then, then we came out right to the weigh-in. Okay, pizza for breakfast? No, no. Had an omelet. Oh, nice. Omelet, yeah. yeah. Then, then I had a, I did a lot of talking, a lot of coffee. I woke me up, and we just went on a bread to the weigh-in. Yeah. So what would you think? Because... Didn't Montana Love bring a dog to the wings? Yeah, that was pretty. That that was interesting. Pretty yeah, yeah that was I've interesting. never seen a that little, before. A little, a little different. I'll call it a little different. But Montana can fight, so I can't. I can't. I can't knock the uh, anything else he's gonna do because they know what I've seen him fight. I saw. I was very impressed with his win over Ivan Baranchik, uh, the last his last fight he had. So, um, you know, I guess the dog is speaking of trend setting. Maybe he's setting the new trend too. You know, <laughs> that's right. I know. I don't know if this podcast is gonna be released. Before or after the Haney Jojo Diaz fight, but I'm looking at Devin Haney. He's got his own hype, man. Like yeah. it reminds you of the Ali days too. The guy's suited up. Run he makes BMC. The, he makes the schmo look underdressed at these events. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like a modern day Bondini Brown. A um, little bit of a of a hype man uh, type of uh, image. But you know what? Haney's very promotable. You know, he's done a good job of getting his name out there. Um, he's done a good job of. Um, know getting people to talk about him he's been doing nothing but winning so i guess you uh you add the little theatrics as well you know you can never go wrong when, the, when you keep people talking so one way or the other it can't be a bad thing 
And the champion, George Cambosis Jr., he's here. Mm-hmm. Did you run into him today? Yeah, yeah. We spoke to him as well uh, with my guys at BlueMoonFight.tv. Um, George is, uh, you know, do, uh, doing his little victory uh, tour now, you know, and yeah. he's uh, he's obviously uh, in town to possibly assess the winner and, you know, maybe take on the winner. I think, uh, you know, he's uh, he surprised a lot of people. He shocked a lot of people, but uh, a well-earned win. I hope that his team is capable of getting him a home defense um, with, you know, he's got the undisputed title. He deserves it. Of course, that is uh, dependent on this uh, variant closings and whatnot because, I, you know, it's, that, that could also be an issue. But that could be an issue in general. You know, I don't think necessarily think that could be an issue just in the States because I'm hearing that the Golovkin-Ryoto Murata fight might be canceled in Japan. Yeah, so, I heard that. So, yeah. so, so I don't know. But I do think Cambosos needs uh, is would be well-deserving of a uh, – of a, a home uh, home country defense after a win like that, of course, you know I, th- I think the way that Australia sounds today, you know I don't know if this is politically incorrect, but it's you might as well go to jail if you if be being being in Australia is like being an Alcatraz right now. <laughs> so from what I hear, it's tough. I don't so, see I don't how know. they can make that happen yeah. over there. Yeah, it would be a shame. But we'll see. But on paper, though, obviously, because this podcast might not come out till after the results of the Haney Diaz and maybe even the Javante Davis against uh, Which Cruz. Which you'll be there, too, on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yep, yep. Like, on paper, who's the most deserving lightweight, or do you think these fights this weekend, one of the winners here plays a you part You know, I think, I don't know if there's a more deserving lightweight, but I think that Javante would probably get the most people talking. Um if he's able to come get by Cruz, Cruz is a dynamic, explosive fighter himself. So I think that's going to be a short, explosive fight one way or the other. Obviously, you favor Javante, but, you know, Javante doesn't shy away from a good exchange as well. So Cruz also can punch a little bit, and, and he's pretty explosive. So let's say Javante wins for argument's sake. I think he's probably the most, the, the one that gets people talking the most. He, he's he's a, he's a more action fighter than Haney. Haney's a good fighter, you know, and uh, Haney's very capable of, of beating Cambosos. I'm not saying he's not. Um or not, not not that he's more deserving or anything, but or less deserving or anything. But I think Javante sells more. He's uh, he's kind of a, a little bit higher on the pedestal. And I so if Javante wins, let's say Haney and Javante win the two favorites for the weekend. Let's say that happens. Uh, I, I'd like to see Javante get the shot at Cambosos first. If Javante can make lightweight, because I don't know what he's doing with, in terms of weight classes anymore. Uh, Haney's very capable as well. We'll see. Jojo Diaz is an ex Olympian, so we can't underrate him as well. I don't know. You know, Cambosos is has uh, got a lot of options once he's got that win. You know, it was a win that nobody was expecting. And I think uh, once he once he's got it now, you know, I think he's realizing the amount of attention he's getting. And people, everybody's going to be calling him out. So he's going to have no shortage of, of opposition options. And especially in a weight class that has a lot of people talking right now. Well, were you surprised that he won? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I rated Tofimo Lopez. I mean, I still rate him. I just think. You know, got to give Cambosos credit, but I also think that uh, Lopez, at least from a psychological point of view, didn't come the same way he came with Lomachenko. You know, with Lomachenko, he understood the importance of setting up the power and really boxed very well and, you know, had a real um, mentality of a, of, a, of a hungry fighter who knew he was up against a very difficult opponent. I felt like he just came into the fight with Cambosos like, I'm just going to take this guy out. I can do it when I want to. And it was almost a lack of respect, really. You know, especially the way he came out in the first round. It was just throwing all that kinds of power without even setting it up. I don't know what he thought he was going to go into, but, you know, it didn't work out that way. And Cambosos, who was a capable top-level fighter, took advantage naturally. You know, this at this level, this is what's going to happen to you. So, um I was definitely surprised at, at the outcome, and that's not a disrespect to Cambosos, who's a very good fighter, but I, I, to me, I, I rated Lopez as the best guy in the weight class, so for me, I was surprised. A couple months ago, he was sitting in that very seat. Him and his yeah. father were in this podcast. I mean, it was supposed to, it was on the date, the podcast, when they were supposed to originally be fighting before everything got postponed. Not originally fighting, but the last fight. I think the fight got rebooked eight different times. He had a lot on his shoulders, and it yeah. felt like there was so much. The weight of the world was on him, and it was completely different because when he was fighting the Lomachenko fight, it's like he's fighting with house money. He's got momentum. He's got nothing to lose. He's going up against Lomachenko, the pound-for-pound pound best, yeah. and then he, he gets the win, and it feels like 
He's been dealing with so much stuff between the purse bid and the issues with top rank and then going with Triller and then leaving Triller and, and then ending yeah. up going on to zone. It just seemed like he had so much baggage outside of the fight that was weighing in on and him during the fight. And sometimes the challenges outside the ring are just as important uh, and just as difficult to deal with as the ones inside the ring. You know, uh, People don't always understand that. They don't always realize that. But you know, it, part of being a champion is dealing with that, dealing with uh, you know this newfound fame, dealing with uh, the the pitfalls that come with the newfound fame and and uh, the business part of the sport and, and and whatnot. So, you know, it's part of it's part of the game, man. You know, you still have to come prepared, especially when you are at that position. You are the guy everybody's gunning for, and you have to defend that. You know, you have to defend your position, and you have to prepare adequately. Um, not to say that he didn't, but Cambosos was the more ready fighter, and that's why he's the undisputed lightweight champion of the world right now. Yesterday, I interviewed George, and he told me he beat the man who beat the man in reference to Lomachenko. So if you're Lomachenko, what do you need to do to kind of get in those talks for that title shot? Um, you know, at this point, it's a political game. Lomachenko's the top rank, and I don't know which direction Cambosos is going to go. Um, I've been with the Bell Entertainment, who has Cambosos. They don't really have dates, so, you know, I think it's up in the air. But I think Eddie Hearn has kind of lured in uh, the uh, the opportunity to get Cambosos to fight the winner of Haney and Diaz. So the way it looks this week, or maybe just it's just the fact that Cambosos is here, it looks like he's angling towards that. But we'll see. You know, yeah, a lot of times, uh, you know, it's up in the air and, 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 and it's up for discussion. Um the Bell Entertainment has no contract with any television, so Cambosos could go one way or the other. So it's going to depend really on on the bidding. It took us a little bit to have a podcast because we were on the road for Thanksgiving. We were just in Dallas for Triad and Combat. Happy belated birthday happy as well. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting old. I don't celebrate anymore. <laughs> Can't blame you. The older you get, the less yeah. you want to celebrate. The less exciting this. it is. <laughs> I was so excited, though, because part of the, you know, there's Metallica concert. You got this first of its kind MMA versus boxing. Let's get Triad into that. Combat. Tried combat. But I caught Errol Spence. And we were at the fight um, with Terrence Bud Crawford and Sean Porter. And I was at standing. The triad fight? Uh, he was there a week later. He was at the Triad oh. fight. And I, he was also in Vegas the week before for, for the, the, Bud, for the yeah. Bud Crawford and Sean Porter fight. Uh -huh. He walked out, didn't speak to anybody yeah. the immediate aftermath of that. So I caught him, and I was able to get a couple questions in on him, and, um, and I was asking him, hey, because every time I feel like you bring up uh, Bud Crawford's name, kind of like shies yeah. away and kind of leaves us that, but I asked him what his thoughts are uh, that he pretty much left top rank on the spot, standing on stage or sitting on stage right next to Bob Arum. He says, hey, go get that money, and you know, kind of left right there and didn't really much react to that. and kind of felt like Sean Porter had checked out before he even stepped in the ring that night. He kind of felt the retirement was already on the horizon. That's the sense I got from that interview. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to take it. You know, I thought Porter fought, you know, relatively hungry. I thought he was in attack mode. You know, Crawford was a better fighter. I, I, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't really have a lot of criticism for Porter, you know. I, I, thought, I thought he was, you know, he went for it. He just, you know, Crawford was a better fighter. It's 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 difficult to assess Crawford and Spence right now because Spence is overcoming the uh, the retina surgery and whatnot. You don't know how he's going to come back from that. There's a, a lot of discussions, but not a lot of answers. You know, so um, I don't know how to take that. I, I don't even know if the fight's as exciting as it was maybe a year or two ago. That's the problem with boxing, man. They don't make these fights, and you know now I don't like I don't I for sure don't am not as excited about it anymore as I was before. You know, not I mean I'd watch it, but I mean. I'm, I don't think it's, it's, as, it's as talked about as it was before. Well, Sean Porter's dad, Kenny, got a bit of criticism after the fight for just kind of what he said. What do you make of his comments? Um, you know, I think that's a discussion they had to have in-house, and I'm sure they had that uh, before and after. Um, I give them credit for not airing out their dirty laundry. It's a, I think you're very tempted to air out your dirty laundry in that situation. Um, it seemed like they were on the verge of it, but then they kept it in-house. Um, you know, it's father-son relationships can be beautiful, but they can also be complicated uh, in boxing. I wouldn't know, but I mean, I, that's what I've, I've observed in, in the various father-son relationships I've, I've seen in, in, in my life in boxing. Um, I don't really have a comment on it. I, I, I think that, you know, 
the most impressive, the most, the thing that impressed me the most was that they were able to keep it in house. I'm sure there's a, a dis, there were some disagreements there, and I'm sure they needed to be assessed, and I'm sure they did assess them. But the fact they were able to keep that dirty laundry in house, um, to me, give I give them a lot of credit because the temptation to go one way or the other, you're being tempted by media interviews, you're being tempted by social media, you're being tempted by rumors, you're being tempted by message boards. People want answers, people want to hear it from one way or the other, and instead, Sean just kind of bowed out and said, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. Um, you know, it's possible that Sean realizes there is a big disagreement with his father, and if he's going to go forward fighting, it may have to be without his father, and he doesn't want to do that. You know, it's possible. You know, that's kind of how I took it, and if that's the case, that's a lot of respect to Sean because you know it's 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 it. You don't always see that. I mean, that they have a good bond there. You know, despite the disagreements. Maybe something that they still might be disagreeing about right now, but I give them credit and give them respect for not airing out that dirty laundry. Did you see them there, there today at the weigh-ins? I saw them. I spoke to both of them separately, and I, you know, I kind of assessed them. But you know, they're grown men. So they, you know, it's a father-son relationship. It goes from the father to the boy-son. Now it's man to man. You know, and so, you know, this, grown men can disagree and still love each other. And I think that's kind of where they're at. You know, and 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 it's possible that Sean just would rather just bow out instead of going forward with a in a situation where he disagrees heavily with his father but at the same time he'd rather not also go forward with somebody else so he said I can't go this way I can't go this way I'd rather retire and respect to him and credit to him because he's not telling us that so we don't know for sure if that's what it is you know respect for him keeping the laundry in house and the father to it and and that's not easy to do well you were just talking about how Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, that fight isn't as intriguing mm -hmm. as it was before. But if they were to fight now, who would you give the edge to? Um, I think Errol coming off a of surgery wouldn't be a good idea to take on Crawford right now. You know, uh, I used to give the edge to Errol, but I just I think right now I give the edge to Crawford. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it even plays out. Who is the fight then for Crawford right now? Or what is the move? He's a free agent. Like, yeah. what makes sense? I don't even know, man. Honestly, I really don't know. It's like you kind of stuck, you, and that's the problem with all this weight class jumping. Like people now have kind of got accustomed to it, where it's like, okay, if there's not a fight in your weight class that interests you, you have to go up in a different weight class, and that's complicated. It's not that easy to do that. So, you know, especially when a guy's already been a lightweight, you know, he's, he's too many weight classes to jump if you force him to do that. So. I don't know, man. I mean, there's, there's a lot of welterweights, you know, but I don't know that there's one that you're like, oh, my goodness, this is the fight, you know? Right now, Crawford is almost too good for his own good that where, you know, people are going to be interested in seeing him fight, but they're not going to be super, super interested in the way that where it's like, oh, this is a th real threat to, to beat him, even if he's against a world-class fighter, you know? I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him against, you know, somebody like a Danny Garcia or whatnot, you know, name recognition, but, but it's just people are going to know Crawford would be the heavy favorite. How long are you gonna keep the beard? I don't know, man. I just, I, I'll it's try to trim it a little bit. I'm getting, I'm going, I'm going with the gray though. You see, this is crazy. What? Well, you gotta, you you gotta get a couple, little, couple of grays here. It's getting bad. You know what's funny? I, people used to think I colored my beard when it was, when it was uh, all black. I when my hair so black, but I'm too lazy to ever do that. I'm too, <laughs> I got out. I was like, are you ready? And people were like, yeah, all right. I'm, like, I'm serious. But this is my real color. So right now I'm getting a couple of grays. I'm not a color. Imagine like you color your beard. I mean, that thing grows constantly. How do you how do you call how does that how does one go about that? You have to color like a bunch of times a week. Like that's too much for me. Man. It's a lot of grooming. And I bring that up because today's show, today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. I lit missed no shave Schmovember. Lawnmower 4.0. Really good razor, real clean right here. If you need a shave, if you need to do that, they got the ball wash. They got everything. That's a nice one. Well, it's the whole it's the whole the whole so, thing. Tell them yeah, to send the me a package. Whole thing. We'll get you a package. The weed whacker right there for Look the nose that. hairs. I mean, Look at the this. crop preserver right there. This is right a, there. A, a full grooming kit. A full grooming kit. They got everything for the bathroom, the essential needs to keep your balls happy. That's what this it's all about. This is what I need. Yes, this is what I need. Especially on the road all the time, you know what I'm saying? You, you, don't, you Sometimes you skip the whole grooming part, you know? 100%. Look, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming <laughs> off the plane. I'm still I'm a mess. I could have used one of these. We got to get them to send me yeah. one. 20% off. Use the promo code SchmoManscaped.com. And we got to send one to Pauly Malignaggi. Yes. I'm down for this. I'm down for this. Got to get that done. When you come to Vegas, what's the go-to move for you? You've been here enough times. 
I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm here so much more for work than anything else. It's just become like I've gotten so used to it that you know the go-to is usually start to work first, and then later in the week is you know when you have more fun. You know, of course, this time I'm showing up late in the week already, so we're supposed to do some partying tonight. But I don't know, man. Where? I'm not Zook, Zook, or whatever Zook. What is this place in Zook? Uh, in the uh, in. Uh, World Resorts Casino. That's oh, that's that what place. Sean just uh, my buddies and, and his girlfriend. Yeah, that's where they're at right now. Yeah. But man, I, I need to sleep for first. Okay. The yeah. city I'm you don't banged sleep. up. I'm banged up. I got in so early. I'm banged up. I, I gotta. I got up at 5 a.m. East Coast time, which means oh that's 2 a.m. West Coast time. Our time. So we're gonna go almost on 24 hours here. You know, I, I gotta get a nap in. How did you not tonight. sleep last night? I mean, I went to sleep at like one o'clock, and then I had to get up at five. So, which means five New York time or uh, Florida time because I was in Florida is two Vegas yeah. time. So, technically, I'm in Vegas. So I've been up since two a.m. your time, you know. Wow. So, but it's good to see you here more because yeah. you were just here a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. You guys have all the fights. What are we gonna do? <laughs> you gotta come for the fights, right? Well, the fights are also in Florida too. I mean, not but I mean, if we're MMA, doing more, yeah, we're knuckle. doing more fights in Florida. That's part of why Florida is uh, getting more popularity. We're gonna be there December eighteenth, the Jake Paul Tommy Fury fight. Oh, that's in Florida too. Yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay. And I'm working. You're the working seventeenth. Yeah. BYB. Where, Where is, is that, that fight at? Miami. Uh, oh, Miami. that's James in Florida Center. too. Yeah. Look at that. Boom. Wow. How yeah. far is the the drive between Miami and uh, Tampa? We're gonna rent a car and I think we're gonna pull it off. We're gonna do that. Yeah. I think Khabib's yeah. Khabib's doing like a like a media thing for his uh, Eagle Fighting promotion. When is that? In Miami, I think it's around the fifteenth, December. 15th. Oh man! So this is just like a crazy week then. Yeah. Yes. You've got to do it. We should. Hey. So I'll see you there. I'll see you there. It's a, it's <laughs> we'll a, it, see it's a date. It's a date. It's we'll a see you there. We love the poly dates. Let's do it. I'm that's, there. That's good. And use a light. Use a light BYB too. BYB is a lot of action, a lot of fun. What about the day after? Jake Paul or Tommy Fury? You know, for me, it's a 50-50 fight. Me too. I, everybody tough. makes like Jake's fighting a boxer. Why? Because Tommy Fury had boxing matches. He, he's not. He's just as much of a boxer as Jake is. He's not. He's got the Fury name, but it's not like he had the amateur career and the pedigree of, of, that his family has. Tommy's a reality guy who went boxing. Jake is a reality guy who went boxing. It's not really a boxer versus a reality guy. It's two reality guys that decided to box. Do you? It's, it's, just because the Fury name is involved doesn't mean he's actually a boxer. I thought he was a boxer. Don't get me wrong. It, they fooled me too. How and did they then fool I, you? Because I thought he was got the Fury name. He's got the boxing pedigree like the rest of the Fury family, you know. But then I watched them fight, and I'm like, which fight? This guy's not a boxer. The, which the, fight? The, or which the, fight? On the, on the um, Anthony Taylor fight. Yeah, the last. Was fight. that the only fight you watched of him? Yeah. Like, see, because. He, but I, I can tell when somebody's comfortable, like, you know, in their stance. Uh, I can tell when somebody has a lot of experience. I can tell when somebody's got a pedigree, you know, no matter what. I can see he's just, he he just looked like a guy who hasn't been boxing a long time. He looked like, you know, like Jake does. Jake, yeah. Jake looks like a guy who hasn't been boxing a long time. So, I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this guy's not a boxer. And then you start hearing about this, what is Love Island or whatever he has. In, yeah. uh, so I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Good looking guy, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, it's like, all right, he's a reality TV guy who's boxes. He just happens to be related to Fury. Well, do you buy into the narrative? Because Anthony Taylor, he doesn't have, like, he's not a traditional boxer. He's an MMA fighter. And Tommy Fury, I've recently heard him say this. I don't remember where I heard him say this, but he said, look, he did this on purpose in the way that he knew that this was business. He didn't want to show off all of his skills. He knew he just had to go in there, get the win, and the bigger prize was to fight Jake Paul. That he's kind of duped him into thinking that he's not that great of a boxer. He didn't perform too well against Anthony Taylor. Anthony T Taylor is a sparring partner of Jake Paul. Obviously, is an MMA guy. Um, he didn't look good against him. You're 100% right. But he purposely did certain things in that fight and didn't act a certain way because he thought the bigger prize would be Jake Paul. Do you believe that at all? Or or do you think like he's just messing and he didn't just perform well at all? No. I yeah. don't believe that. I okay. don't believe that. No. I, I, I can tell when somebody's good and they're taking it easy and when somebody doesn't know what they're doing. And Tommy is the latter, you know, uh but you know he's got his He's got Tyson, his brother, not helping him in camp and stuff like that. So I do think it's an extra, extra and weapon. And his dad. Yeah, I mean, John. yeah, I, I do think now with this training camp, they, they, the family has gotten involved, and I think that can only help. But it, to me, it's just as much of a help as Jake has every camp with BJ Flores. 
training him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of the same thing, you know? Mentally, from a psychological perspective, it's nice to have Tyson there uh, supporting and and helping him train. And I I think he's going to, you know, come with a bit more motivation. But technically speaking, once the bell rings on fight night, your experience is really important because there's all those intangibles involved on fight night, nerves and all that other stuff. And the lack of experience comes to the forefront once again. And what I'm saying with experience is, you know, your decision-making in key, key crucial spots. You know, they had us thinking Jake Paul had been, was sparring with these championship fighters and so he was becoming like what he was, you know? So you, you, you start to create an image of yourself. Then when the heat is on on fight night, Jake Paul didn't look that good at all. You know what I'm saying? He won the fight, but he didn't look that good at all. So it's the same thing with, with uh, Tommy. At the end of the day, you can have your brother helping you train. You can do all this stuff. Maybe you don't even raise your level in camp, but on fight night, when the pressure's on, if the fight gets tough and hard decisions are to be made in certain crucial spots, you know, key decisions, like something simple like, do you throw a right hand here or do you step over? You know what I'm saying? Like something stupid like that that may seem stupid, an experienced fighter kind of takes it in stride and understands how to do it. Uh, an inexperienced fighter makes the wrong move. You know what I'm saying? He steps steps in instead of stepping out or clenches or fights and throws a punch instead of clenches or it's little, little things that I can tell as a fighter with experience, how a fighter with experience would react and, and wouldn't react. And, and on fight night, they're both going to be in the same boat, really. You know, I, 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 they're both reality guys who are boxing. So it's a 50-50 fight. So how would you classify events like that? Because it's like, so you said there are like reality guys who box. And yeah. then what, Frank Gore is also on that card? Yeah, you got Frank Gore against Frank Darren Gore. Williams. Frank Gore, the NFL running back. Yeah, future NFL Famer. I saw Frank Gore at the Bubu Andre versus Liam uh, Liam Williams fight. Did you talk to him? You know, I didn't. I didn't even like. I was walking out, and he's like, "Yo, Paulie, what's up, Frank Gore?" And I'm like, "Oh man, what's going on?" You know, like I was random. Like he just, we were like walking out of the Hard Rock at the same time, so we spoke like two seconds. You know, he's like, "What do you think?" But he, you know, I was kind of on my way out, you know, so like I didn't get a chance to really have a good conversation with him. I don't even know he was training for a fight. You know? Fighting former NBA All-Star Darren Williams. You got Deron, pro, Deron, Deron, yeah. Deron Williams. From the Nets. Yeah. Yes. Pro Bowler versus All-Star. And Deron was a big boxing fan. I remember Deron when he, he was at the Nets. He was he was big with the bo- bo- Brooklyn Boxing at Barclays Center and whatnot. But that's another one. I had no clue he was actually was boxing. So he's training. So shout out to Safe Sahud for this MMA. He's a part owner. Him and Safe are in business this is together. Crazy. Been this training is like, there this, in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. This is heavy because Deron's from Dallas, right? Yeah. This is heavy. Well, he yeah. played a lot in Dallas too. Yeah, he played yeah, with Dirk yeah. Nowitzki. And then he went to Cleveland, right? At the end this, of the careers this, in Cleveland, this yeah. Is, this is heavy. This is a lot to take in right now, <laughs> especially huge. that I'm on like I'm like jet lag too. Let him digest it. This is like I can't wait to interview these guys. Yeah, this is wild. And how how's the how's the how are they taking? Are they like are they talking trash? Not really. I it's more respectful. Much, yeah. And you know, Duran. Did I say Darren? It's you're right. Yeah, I think it's it Duran. Yeah. He's got inches on him. Yeah. Like at <laughs> least three. Yeah. It's like six three, six I four. I seen Frank's like now because I saw Frank when I was leaving the Hard Rock, and I seen Duran f- several times when I was in Brooklyn. Duran's tall. See, I thought it was weird when I saw Frank Gore at, in Cleveland at the Jake Paul. Uh, Tyron Woodley fight. I'm like, oh. what is Frank Gore doing here? And then I knew, oh, he wants to get into boxing. This is just and like then, a separate league being created here. It's yeah, that's why I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you. What would it's you MVP classify promotions? It? It's do we'll call it uh, VIP boxing, and then just boxing. I guess you know. Well, Jake Paul calls it most valuable promotions. That's his uh, promotion company. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. You can call it most valuable. I mean. It, it, it's like the VIPs, you know, because they're not they're not technically boxers. You're not going to see the savvy decision-making when those guys are fighting inside the ring, you know, because there's, sav- you know, a veteran fighter knows how to make savvy decisions in, in key crucial spots that, I know, probably the naked eye, the layman may not catch, but I catch right away, you know. That's why I could tell you that, you know, Tommy, I, I saw him fight, and I was like, this guy's not a boxer. You know, I can tell that right away. You're going to see that no matter how many lessons you had in boxing, if you start boxing very late, especially – you know, that late as these guys, it's pretty much going to be VIP boxing, you know, and that doesn't mean it's not going to be fun, but um, it's going to be limited. Sometimes limited makes it more fun. But the hope for all this, and if you're Eddie Hearn, the guy who took a chance in bringing YouTube boxing to this, you're bringing a whole new audience of people that oh, you're definitely be bringing in. a new audience. I just hope it sticks for the sport I, of boxing. I, I saw 
for the Jake Paul fight with Woodley versus Woodley card, I saw a filled arena for the undercard, which in boxing is rare. And to go demographic wise, I hadn't seen hadn't seen so many white people in a in a, in a at a crowd in a boxing match in a long time. You know, like you're bringing a, a demographic that kind of had left your sport for MMA um, for various reasons, and um, I think it, it was it's crucial that you bring them back because they're a big demographic. And I thought uh, I was very impressed by that with, with with Jake being able to do that. And it brought to the forefront a guy like Montana Love, who's now signed with Matchroom Boxing, is now the co. Yeah, that kick and fight. That kick and fight. Yeah. I, I was yeah. very impressive. I was very impressed with the way he handled Baranchuk. You know, that was a nice step up for him and very very impressive performance. And um, he's earned the right to you know bring his uh, French dog? bulldog to the to the <laughs> way today. That was interesting too. David's a dog person. Nice. Yeah, my parents like getting rescue dogs, so I just love oh. dogs. I like animals. I just, I'm just never home to take care of them. But I like everybody else's. That's pets. why we don't yeah. have, have a pet. Have you ever too. had a pet? No, I had a Me turtle neither. when I was a kid, but I, but it didn't. You know, I, yeah. I didn't do a good job with it, so I just kind of released it back in the wild. Yeah, yeah I used to have fish, but yeah. they jump out of the tank and then die. Yeah, they do, do suicide missions. Fish? Do you count fish as a pet? I mean, you gotta clean the tank. That's, that's a responsibility. Yeah, that's a responsibility in the tank. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. I got a funny story about fish. My grandfather, who's you know, he's born in 1937. He's a Sicilian immigrant. He's kind of you know, a little loopy. So, and he's very, very you know, those kind of old school. You know, he's born like during the war. You know, so those kind of people, you know, those kind of immigrants that are a little bit loopy. You know, so he's a character. He's always been a character. And he got a gift, a fish tank full of fish. Right. The problem was some of them were fighter fish. So you can't put those together with each other. So he got all excited about this fish tank. It's beautiful. It's this and that. First night he had to wakes up in the morning for work. He's still like he was still like in his fifties. One of them's floating dead. He's like, man, one of them's dead. He takes another thing. The next morning, another one's dead. There was about six of them. Now there's four. Now the second morning he's like, all right, one of these fish thinks he's a gangster. He's like, he's complaining, like, I'm going to find out who he thinks he's a gangster. Every morning he's waking up and, he, and finds another one dead. Got to the point where there was two left. The last remaining fish is, is dead now. The last remaining fish is in there. My grandfather, old school Sicilian, takes the wooden spoon and tries to beat the fish with a wooden spoon. <laughs> and the fish is going back and forth. And my grandmother's yelling. I'm like, you're making a mess with the splash of water. And he's like, this fish tends to gangster in my house. I'm going to get beat down. The fish is going, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> yeah, I didn't be there to see it, but that was uh, the fish story in my house. Needless to say, my grandfather e ejected him from the house. He gave away the tank with the fish. <laughs> he didn't want him in the house. Oh, the fish survived. <laughs> the one surviving fish. Because I guess he blamed all the other deaths on that one. But who knows if the other ones maybe ganged up on the other one. But since there was one left, he got, the, he got the blame for all the other dead fish. And he was ejected or evicted. So that was uh, the, the tank lasted story. about a week in that house. <laughs> Well, at least didn't have to pay rent, right? <laughs> no, no, that's it. Nothing. <laughs> but you know, Sicilians with a wooden spoon is, a, is something you fear. So he wanted to make the fish fear the wooden spoon too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that's the pet story in my house. But I do like animals. I just you know I'm never around to actually take care of them. So I like everybody else's pets instead. I like yeah. cats too. Cats are funny. You like cats? Yeah, I like all animals. But I'm, I feel like I cats like are cats. Too. They always try to scratch me. Nah, you got to put them in their place, you know. But they're they're hilarious though because they, I like the mentality like they think you just live among them. Like pets know they're subversive. Cats just feel like you're just in the kingdom with them, you know. They just kind of live there, you know. So they're funny, but they're so athletic. I love I love it. Like I love messing with cats. Like my grandmother had cats when I was a kid, so I like I would make like a little aluminum foil ball and throw it on the floor, and they would just fly in, man. Bang, 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 bang. Just so so athletic. It was such reflexes. I always uh. I was always, it was always made me laugh. You know, they're, 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 they get alert to anything. Anything that moves, they'll just be sitting there. You know, anything that moves, like, you know, and that's it. They got to catch it, you know? So I don't know. Dogs are cute. I I, I, I like the genuineness of animals. I'm, a, I'm an animal person. I just can't, I just don't have the, you know, stay-at-home time to take care of them. David loves watching animals eat each other. Like, he watches that on I Instagram. I feel bad when I do that. Yeah, I feel bad. You know what I do? I, I do like the cool, like, predator fights. I don't like... To watch like a deer get hunted or like a deer drinking and he the loves that yeah i don't like that because i, I feel like it. i just can't look I, away yeah you know yeah yeah some people like train wrecks i i i it's not a fair fight <laughs> but like when i see like a python and an alligator 
That was good. Uh, recently, you know what I saw that I didn't even know? What? Um, uh, panthers. Was it a panther? No, leopards. Leopards eat alligators. I didn't even know. Leopards yeah. attack alligators. Yeah. A leopard can swim one mile. I didn't even know this. Yeah. I didn't know And anything. I saw a video. A, a leopard was, was in the... Shore. It was close yeah, to shore. It was close to shore. He was swimming... And then he started fighting this alligator. Yo, he killed the alligator. I'm sure sometimes the, the, the leopard must lose. I mean, it can't be that the leopard beats the alligator every time. You ever think like alligators like dinosaurs? Think about it. Alligators like dinosaurs they that are. survive. They right? are the oldest living dinosaurs. Yeah. Hey, 100%. They're the dinosaurs that survive somehow. You know, it's, But it's crazy. But, but, but in the hip- floor, speaking of alligators and, and, and pythons, like in Florida, there's a big problem with the Everglades because people release too many pythons into yeah. the wild. And now they've become, they've become the dominant predator over there. It's they like are. a big battle. But I watch wow. hippopotamus. They're they're the kingdom. They destroy alligators. We need some and hippos in Florida to start chopping down the pythons too. Who would win, a python or a hippo? I've never seen that. You know what? You're gonna make me YouTube that now. But you know what, what's so rewarding? Sometimes you catch the underdogs winning too. Like there's a video out there, Battle of the Kruger, uh, where oh my gosh. And what happened? Oh Who my wins? gosh. Who wins? So there is this. Um, what what is it called? Like a wildebeest. Oh. It was a tug of war game between lions and crocodiles, where it was being tugged from both sides, and then the herd of wildebeest came back and got the free, and they got him free. Oh man! It's like a seven minute well, video. That's what got you, me hooked. Why didn't you show me that one? Uh, that was I watched yeah, that when I was like in college. college. I kind of like when they live, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yo, one time Battle I saw the Kruger. You I saw it. one recently with the hyenas attacked the lioness. Yeah. And you saw that one? I and did. The lion, you saw that? And they were, they were about to wreck her. And then the other lionesses came and just started cleaning house. Bang, 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 bang. Lions and, and, and hyenas are like the oldest rivalries in that animal They hunt kingdom. the same yeah. thing. And some they hunt each other. Yeah. You know, it's hey, crazy because the, the hyenas are such huge packs. Yeah, it's the like hyenas the Lion King. strength in numbers. They go back to the Lion King. Yeah, they strength in the numbers. They go back to the Lion King. Yeah. They, they they knew what they were doing when they made that movie. I yeah. might have butchered the animal. I think it was a wildebeest or something. It wasn't an elephant. It was one of those it that it's not supposed those, yeah. to win, though. Yeah, it wasn't supposed yeah. to win. But that's what it was. What about but, the birds? You ever see the birds? Like sometimes, yo, in Florida the other time, the other day, I saw a hawk flying and he had a fish in his claw. He was oh, yeah. flying with a fish on him. I'm like, yo, it's nuts. Wow. And, and, and then, were like, you at the beach? No, he was in the air. I was on the I was on the highway. He must have <laughs> caught it from the beach, and he was flying, taking it back to the nest. That's good. He was flying cool. with the with the with the fish on his hook. I'm like, yo. And another time, I saw a crab. You guys been to Fort Lauderdale Los Olos Boulevard? It's like a strip of bars and restaurants, right? Yeah, you, we we met you. We've interviewed oh, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Beach. So it's not yeah. that close to the beach. I mean, it, you definitely wouldn't think a crab was gonna be on the street. I saw a crab like going on the street. the street. It must have got dropped by a bird. A bird must have caught that guy, and then he got dropped. And the poor bat. Can I curse you? No. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But poor bastard, probably you know he got stuck on the, on Las Olas board. He just walking, just crawling, and I'm like this poor guy. So I went to a restaurant to get a cup. I wanted to put him in a cup and bring him to the beach. He came back here. I couldn't find him. <laughs> I couldn't find him because you know I felt bad for him. He's gonna dry up over there. This hot on the, this hot sun over there. He needs water. Birds. I felt bad for him. Birds are fucking ruthless though. I've seen bird on bird action where they're just Ew. putting them pecking pecking on and killing. Yeah, I saw. You know what I did? I saw that at the beach. I saw that at the beach uh, again with a crab. This bird was like um, trying to, he was, he was like busting up, he was like pecking out a crab. He was pecking out a crab and and he finally like, he, he caught him. He was like, he was like, pe- he had this big beak and he and finally broke him. He broke the crab. He broke the crab in two. I felt bad. Oh he broke the gosh. crab and then, they, and then they eat it, you know. And one other species I'll bring up to, which saddens me, it's polar bears. They're starving. So you know oh. what they do when they run out of seals or anything? They eat, they go, they eat each other. Oh, they eat the cubs. No. Cannibalism. Oh, that's like Ew. alligators. Alligators. Have you ever heard, the, heard yeah. the crocodile tears? You eat the babies and they mother cries. Yeah. Sad world. Yeah. Sad. Wait, isn't Florida where Tiger King was filmed? Was oh that Florida? Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I don't Bro. know. I never watched Tiger King. Everybody talks about it. Uh, wow, you're probably one of the actually, few. Actually, so have so and uh, I will break the little bit of news here. You got to watch it. The schmo might be interviewing Tiger King. Oh, he's in jail. Yeah. Is Joe he? Exotic. So yeah. I missed out anything then. Yeah, I missed the yeah. show. Well, the guy's in jail. Well, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. I Who might is, be interviewing Carol Baskin. She's on Tiger King. That yeah. was her husband. Yeah. Oh, Wait, no, gonna... Joe wasn't her husband. So, oh, that was her rival. That yeah, was her, rival. her rival. It's been a while. Is it like? Um, <laughs> you, is, it, is it like? That uh, was not her. Husband. Is it? Her husband said. Oh. So, but she's on the show. She's on the show. Yeah, and but she's the rival. Yeah. So that's big for you because you're into the, all, all the animals too. So yeah, you have a lot she's, of well, she's one with the lions or the guys, tigers. Are you guys old enough to remember the crocodile hunter? I've heard of it. The 
Yeah. I, I think I was really he was big young. on an, he was big on animals. Like this guy was like nuts. Like he he really hunked them. He would just like he loved animals. He would like get next to the alligator somehow. Steve like, Irwin. His, yeah. Like put his head in there, like in the alligator head. Like, no, I think that's he, someone else. He well, was, I know Steve, Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. Are you talking about Steve Irwin? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Steve Irwin. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. He and died in the, the stingray. The stingray yeah. stabbed him. Oh. I heard his daughter. Is now doing what he did. She yeah, is. I, I read she that was so recently. cute when he when he passed away. I, I was like, know. oh, this boy. Now I heard she's doing what, she, what he was doing before. But I, but I don't see her. I don't see the cro- cro- crocodile huntress. I don't. I don't. That's I true. don't see her. But Netflix I heard she's doing what she what, what he was doing. Yeah. He was a character too. Yeah. He yeah. Was, and not to go against the PC thing, but I remember I rented this video called Bum Fights years ago. Uh, bum fights. Bum fights. It was like they it pit like bums. They make like bums fight each other. <laughs> they give them a couple of money and they make them attack each other or do funny things. And so one of these guys called himself the Bum Hunter, and he'd like go into 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 like bum uh, bum uh, areas where they were sleeping and like tie them up. <laughs> and then he'd like show you their teeth. <laughs> I mean, he he said he gave them money after. I don't know, but yeah, he'd be like, and he put on the Australian accent, and he'd be like, "This guy, look at the spaces on this one." And he see the bum like this, and he showed you his teeth. <laughs> I, I, I hate to say, I hate to say, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny because <laughs> because the crocodile hunter was still alive at that time, and he was super popular at that time. So this guy was a knockoff of the crocodile hunter, called himself the bum hunter, gave himself a fake Australian accent. He'd, he'd go in with his boys and like tie up a random bum and then like look at the teeth on this one what a specimen this one this one uses these teeth to to to, to annihilate his prey and this meantime the guy's got like one tooth and it's yellow <laughs> and he's like not even resisting he's like <laughs> it was bad yeah, I, I, I guess I guess I guess in 2021 it's bad but in like 2004 it was kind of hilarious is he still around? the bum hunter I don't know. I don't think they could probably make bum fights anymore because they probably, oh, you know, right. they probably wouldn't be allowed they, to. They'd be canceled. At that time, oh, they'd, they'd give like two bums $50 each and they fight and they'd record it. They'd just fight each other. Or then they'd have like a segment called the Bum Hunter where he would do these things with bums. They have like different segments. It's kind of wild. Yeah, but you you know, as usual, some... society kills all the fun. What are we going to do? <laughs> you watch some wild shows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, TV was actually fun at one time, believe it or not. Yeah, you know. and MTV played music. MTV played music, and then the, who knew that Road Rules and Real World was going to ruin TV? Can you imagine? Oh. I remember when they started Road Rules and Real World. Yeah, me too. I watched MTV, and I never watched Road, Rules, Road Rules and Real World because I could care less. I, I, I didn't care, but I liked the videos. Who knew that that was going to take over MTV? You shouldn't even name it MTV anymore. Because you, it's it's not MTV anymore. It's it's reality TV. It's our TV now. Reality TV. That's it. You can't. It's got to be a hybrid, and you got to bring back MTV because you got to call that our TV. That's my. That's my. My. You guys He's got passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Got I, you fired up. Yeah, man. Yeah. The videos were great. They the were, great. were great. The music videos and when Britney Spears like. Yeah, Britney Spears. I mean, even before Britney Spears, I remember they had like MTV jams in the early '90s when Bill Bellamy used to host, and then. Uh, you had like the Guns N' Roses videos. I remember the late '80s, actually, when like Michael Jackson had the videos and George Michael. It's good stuff. Fuck it, I even remember. Even my mom used to watch it with me. Even in the early 2000s, the first time I saw Lincoln Park, it was a yeah, yeah, music video M- on M- MTV. They had a um, they had a, a, a Total Request Live with Carson Daly. Oh yeah, I, just saw, I, I, yeah. I was on a plane with Carson Daly recently. recently. Oh wow, he's the man. He was the man at that time. I remember it was right in Manhattan too. Total. I never went though, of course, because it was all for two things. New Yorkers didn't do. New Year's Eve ball drop was all tourists and Total Request Live was all tourists, even though it was in. But I remember one time I walked by, I was in Times Square and I saw the Total Request like crew over there. You know, it was like That's cool. they, they used to uh, they used to always have it. But it was cool. I used to watch it though. Yeah. It was cool with the videos and stuff. They ruined MTV. Absolutely yeah. butchered it. Absolutely ruined it. What are you most looking forward to uh, to start the new year for you? Um. Well, I'm I'm working with uh, another company soon. Uh, uh, Probox Promotions is a promotional company in Florida, and, and they they have a lot of new ideas. I can't get into a lot of new things that they're doing, and I'm excited about uh, some of the ideas Probox has come up with, uh, concepts bo- in boxing. Um, I think you know trying to do some new and different stuff. Um, I think as the year goes on next year, you guys will see more and more of it from Probox. But um, w- I'm excited about starting up uh, the venture with Probox next year, and of course, uh, you know, continuing to work with BlueMoonFight.tv. Uh, I've, I'm doing some, some work with Boxer in England. If I 
we're still able to travel there. You know, uh, they have Khan and Brook in February, which is a, a major UK fight, even though it's a bit past their primes. But I, if I'm allowed to uh, travel to the UK, I'll be working that fight too. So, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to staying busy if I can, you know, if, if the communists don't take over and shut us all down, you know. <laughs> but, that's, but that's my opinion of, of what's going on. <laughs> Will we see you back in the ring? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I you know, if, if I could just somehow get myself in shape without having to train, maybe. But, man, training Pizza. camp's so hard. Pizza's hard to stay away from, yes. But even more so, just doing the hard work every day of training, it's hard on my body, man. It's, like a, it's not easy to get through a training camp anymore. So I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I, I heavily doubt it. Well, last thing for me, last time that we spoke, it was before the Canelo-Caleb Plant fight. Mm -hmm. So just want to get your thoughts on Canelo. I thought he did a good job. Um, I thought uh, Caleb boxed in a savvy way, but I never thought he got out of like a second or third gear. Um, and I, I, th I thought he was a little bit too satisfied with just working on, on frustrating Canelo and not enough on raising his level to another, to another point, you know? I think you're going to confuse any opponent with that savvy, you know, ring generalship that Caleb has. But then a, a world, world-class opponent like Canelo eventually is going to come a point where he's going to figure that out. So you're going to have to, you know, try to step up your game a little bit, at least in spots, just to be threatening more so than just be confusing. And I, I don't think Caleb ever thought about being threatening. Just, he just kind of was ha satisfied and happy to, you know, confuse him, make the fight competitive but never actually go for the gusto. And, um, you know, eventually Canelo figured it out and, and, and knocked him out. I, I think Caleb could have shown a little more, um, gave a satisfactory performance, uh, did well. Um, but I think uh, maybe it was the $10 million purse. I don't know, but he was too satisfied to not get hurt in the end, you know, and just, uh, you know, fought well, respectable performance. But I think Caleb could have given a little more as far as, taking more chances he didn't take enough chances for me um at a certain point because canelo was always going to figure that figure out the savvy stuff so you would have had to show a couple of different gears in there and caleb never went to those gears beginning of october kamar usman welterweight champion told me when we were in denver or told the schmo that he wants to see pound for pound best between canelo and himself Realistically, how much, how many rounds? What chance would you give Kamaru Usman in a boxing match with Canelo? How long would he last? From what you seen um, with his hands? You know, I listen. It's interesting these kind of crossover fights. You know, they're uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, people always talk about them. I don't give him any chance. Come on, I mean, I can't give him any chance. He's not in boxing. You know, and Usman's a terrific MMA fighter, but not in boxing. I just, I can't. Well, how quickly does Canelo put him away? Well, that's the thing. Canelo is has more of a killer instinct. Like, well, you with I felt like when it was Floyd and McGregor, he, Floyd was just kind of playing with him, you know. And Floyd doesn't have that killer instinct to get you out of it right away. Canelo kind of does, you know. Canelo will break you in half with a body shot, you know, if you don't know how to defend. So I, I you know, Usman will try. I think Usman has pride, and he's you know he's got a championship pedigree, but I don't think it will go five six rounds. I think Canelo would. You know, and it would be a bad knockout too. It, I think because Canelo is very deceptive in the way he sets up those left hooks too. It, it would, and if you don't have that, that ex kind of experience and understanding that, it, it's one thing to see it on TV. It's another thing when you're when you're seeing it in front of you. I, I, I don't think it would be a pretty a pretty end for Usman in that fight. Well, we know you're jet lagged. Yeah. We appreciate we you appreciate coming on the Schmo time. Zone. Oh, I'm happy to finally get on the show with you guys as well. Next time we do it, we'll do it longer though when you're not yeah. jet lagged. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you inspired us to put a coffee machine in awesome. our. Yeah, that sounds good. Espresso. And next time I'll be I'll be groomed with my manscaped as well. Yeah, well, I'll, speaking I'll, I'll of that, be more. because David's so proud of his mustache, which you probably can't even see on camera. You know what? So, now I, but, I'm noticing it. Now, now that you say it, you know. But I'm looking at yours, and then I look at his, and I'm like, Paul. Yeah, but, but he works but, his. You see. Well, he like, that's mine. I just kind of, I'm too lazy. I just like, feel I like just, the schmo having a stash would add something extra to the character. Can you please ask him to shave? He well, won't listen to me. Well, the thing is, it's not, I only, I consider a mustache only when, when there's no beard. If there's a beard, then it's just a beard, you know? Yeah. Wait, wait, so you technically, you have a mustache, but you, it's with the beard. You have the beard here. For me to consider that a mustache, you'd have to be clean shaven here and then you have a mustache. I don't consider anybody with facial hair 
and and also a mustache to have a mustache. Well, like a man, to me, if somebody has a mustache, it's they shaved everything else and they got up and they left the stash or they cleaned up the stash. He's so, stroking my pride because normally it would I'd have to shave every other week, but I shaved literally a day and a half ago and it's already grown in. Yeah, I'm well, that's a man. part of being a grown man. I'm becoming a man. <laughs> yeah, that's what Slowly. it is. So if you if you if you shave all this and you left the mustache, then I'd say okay. Small has a mustache well, going, and it'd be more noticeable too. I hadn't even noticed it because <laughs> you I didn't, didn't notice, notice it. it. No, because because he's got that. hair underneath his chin, so Fair. I didn't notice it. If you're clean shaven though, now the, now I now the eyes go right to the mustache. I can tell when somebody has a mustache when they're clean shaven and boom mustache. But that you're not clean shaven. You're you're you got some coming out of your off your chin. You know you got a you got a beard. So I wouldn't have noticed a mustache. Uh, if you clean shave, you'll be a mustache guy. Right. But right now you're just you're a beard guy. I'm, when we get home later today, I'm gonna shave. You're gonna use your manscaped. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna manscape. Or should he just dye it? I mean, now we're getting really creative. But that's a lot of work. Again, this is why I, this is what I don't want to get into. You know, like I, I I I will not get into all this. You know, like but I I I, I do feel like I, I could probably trim a little better. But I'm not I'm never gonna be the guy to like color it and shave. I I actually worry about what happens when I go more gray. Like it's gonna be a problem. I don't want to do all that work. I, I can't I can't do that work. I can't. Every time we see you, you're looking younger and younger. I know. That's why I didn't yeah, even yeah. like she had to point you out today. Um, I didn't um, even like, recognize. Unfortunately. You. Getting older and older, guys. I just turned 41, man. It's not, it's not, it's crazy. You don't look a day older than 35. Not look a day older 40. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Genetics? Uh, Yeah, probably genetics. Yeah, your skin's smooth. Sicilian. And I've been, yeah, I've I've been, I've been cut. If my eyes would just have less scars, maybe I'd look even better. But you know what? The problem I'm starting to notice is all the stitches that I had, now it's like, as I get older, it kind of like that skin is starting to look like a little bit beat up over my eyes. Well, you were blessed with the goat with bare knuckles. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he added more stitches to the already tons of stitches I had. But you didn't look like Jason Knight after the fight. Yeah. Well, I didn't get hit, really. I, I, I still people I know. I know MMA fans can't really compre- come to full grips and comprehend that. But bare knuckle, the thing is, when shots graze you, you your skin rips open worse. You didn't get the Magic Man nickname from nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I somehow managed to barely get hit and still wind up that kind of cut, huh? <laughs> now that's magic. <laughs> Paulie Malinaji, everybody. Episode 86 of the Schmo Zone podcast. We are out. <laughs>